0: Welcome to Make It Count, living a legacy life where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God, and that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. I'm so happy to introduce you today to my new friend, Sarah Gerringer. She's from Missouri, and she has a family, and she's a writer and author. We met online when we would um, blog together and link up on other people's uh, blogs. And uh, I just noticed she had such a bright way of looking at things, but things had not always been bright in her life. And isn't that the way God uses us uh, the most, I think, um, without stealing her story? Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family and how you got started in ministry, and then we'll talk about legacy.
1: I'm just so blessed to be here, Sue. Thank you for inviting me. Sure. So uh, I have really deep roots where I am in Southeast Missouri in the Cape Girardeau area. Uh, I, um, let's see, I live on the same square mile that um, my ancestors when they came over from Germany in the mid um, 1800s, hmm. we've all lived in this area. So my children are the sixth generation to live here. And that is very typical of people in this area. A lot of people in this area have a rich um, faith heritage and very deep roots. And so it makes this a very unique part of the U.S. Now we have some unique challenges that come with (laughs) that, but some unique blessings. So I live... uh, in a house in the woods. Um, and I'm surrounded by farmland. So the family farm is only a mile away from me. And, um, my husband and I have been married for 20 years this year. And, uh, I have three children, uh, two boys and a girl, 16, 14, and 12. Busy. And yeah, they're, They are fabulous kids. I couldn't ask for any better. I don't usually tell my peers that because they get jealous. Yes. (laughs) But they are my true, they have been an unbroken joy for me from the day they were all born. So they're my pride and joy. Wonderful. And how did you get started in ministry and what is your ministry? I am a full-time writer. And uh, I write uh, books, of course, but I also write for other ministries. I I am a ghost writer, is what they call it. So I write for some counselors and um, some other ministries. Uh, I'm also a devotional writer on the Proverbs 31 ministry team, which is an amazing opportunity that I got just from um, going to She Speaks and then joining Compel training. So. I had the opportunity to join that, and uh, it was, I think, um, when I was 13 is when I really started uh, feeling like I wanted to be a writer, and it was because of one of my teachers. My teachers have been such a blessing
0: hmm. in
1: my life, and I had to write an essay um, in a composition book. You know, we all have to do that in middle school, right? Yeah, and, right. And she wrote a comment on it. And she said, your writing is fun to read. Have you ever thought about becoming a writer? Mm. And so just from that one positive comment, um, I started dreaming about that. Mm. And uh, I majored in English and art, a double major, um, when I was in college. And uh, everybody said, you should teach. you should teach. There's, you know, teaching is a solid career choice, you know. Uh, But I didn't, I felt like teaching was a calling. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't my calling. I knew I could have done it. Uh, I was in the gifted program, you know, I was summa cum laude, you know. uh, But I didn't want to, and I knew if my heart wasn't in it, I wasn't going to enjoy it.
0: Let me interrupt here. First of all, the point uh, that your teacher said one comment that stuck with you. I mean, all you teachers out there listening or those of you who have been touched, like Sarah, by one person's comment. It could have been a youth group leader. It could be a Sunday school teacher. It could be your, your mother's best friend who saw something in you that she was too close to to say or didn't notice. I have those comments, too, in my head. They're written in my brain. And I just want to encourage all of us to keep saying those things, to speak truth and life into, um, the young people that God brings our way. And they don't have to be that young. It could be someone your age that you're saying, you know, you're really good at this. Have you thought about how God may want to use it? I mean, that's a a, a deeper way of saying it than your teacher, but wow, what a blessing she was. Did you ever go back and tell her, look what I've done?
1: You know, um, That's one of the blessings of living in the same town your whole life. I would bump into my teachers and I I had two more that influenced me greatly um, in junior high and high school. And I'd bump into them at the grocery store and they'd say, how's your writing? And this is when I'm in the trenches of changing diapers, you know? Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I just, you know, I'm writing in my journals and they just said, you keep at it. You keep at it. You have something special. You keep pursuing it. And so in my book, in my acknowledgement page, I thank two of them. Both of them are, their first name is Christine. And so I thank my two Christines for um, encouraging me um, because it takes, it takes a lot of encouragement to become a writer for a living. It's even my agent says it's a really hard life and our badge of honor is rejection. You're not really a professional writer until you can say you've been rejected. Mm -hmm. And you really can't say that about any other industry that I've personally thought about. Why do you call it a badge of honor as a joke? You know, because you can write as a hobby and there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Nothing at all. And I did that for years and years. I've kept journals since I was 10 years old. So um, you can do that just for pleasure. But I think if you're born to be a writer, there's this innate sense that you want to share your words with the world. It's just something you can't help. And that's, I am also an artist, so I, I also understand there's, there's, there's a certain pleasure in making art for yourself, but a true artist is, has this compelling desire to share their craft with the world to bless them with it. And not, not really for self glory or gain. It's just feeling like, I think it's, I think if you're an artistic or creative person, you are reflecting God's glory in, in a very special way because God is creator. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so I think also I think Satan is very aware of that. And so I think he wants to discourage artists and creatives and say, this doesn't matter. You're not going to get paid for this. Do something that really counts. You know, Mm -hmm. I think because he knows uh, just how much glory God gets from us sharing our gifts with the world. And so I think we might need more encouragement than anyone else. I love I love how you say that because even though I'm
0: I'm a writer, but I'm a speaker first, that's what I learned at She Speaks. And when I speak, I get that rush of joy that I've been called to do this. Whether or not my audience may feel that way, though I have gotten enough feedback to keep going. Uh, so I know exactly what you're saying. And to keep writing in the trenches and getting rejections is difficult, though that is part of the modern process. People, author, people, publishers don't usually go after authors unless you're already famous. Um, so I understand what you're saying. That was the second thing I was going to say, that it is a calling. Teaching is a calling. And I did teach because you don't get paid much. And I loved it. And it prepared me for what I'm doing now. And <clears throat> so... Uh, and I also want to introduce you to my uh, artist family. So I will send you their links. But hiatmore.com. Yes, I've seen your blog. Oh my gosh. On
1: your blog. I love it every yeah. time you
0: hear those. And, yeah. And, and Voskamp, and he shared a stage. And so <sighs> she wrote a prologue for his latest book. But it's just wonderful to, um, to hear your passion for writing because it's. Um, it is a hard job and it's a, it's a lonely job just to be in front of your computer all day and it hurts your back and everything else. Mm-hmm. And, um, but as far as your legacy, I know you came out with a, a book fairly recently and that's what I want, I want you to talk about for my audience. Cause I think it's so, it could be help. It could help us today, whether we ever buy the book, what you say about, it, I, what could, three things could you say first give us the title, but after that, what three things from this book could you share With us right now, that would help us throughout the rest of our day.
1: Sure. So, my book is called Transforming Your Thought Life Christian Meditation and Focus. And the book talks about uh, 17 different um, thought life struggle areas that are common to women, mostly. That's most of my audience is women. And how we can overcome the lies and the temptations that satan is planting in our minds battlefield uh, by fighting back with scriptures that apply to those areas can you give me a sample of three okay so um anxious thoughts um what we let me get my chapter in front of me, uh, well i don 't have to because I memorize this for um in twenty sixteen no, twenty seventeen I picked a verse for the year that was the first time i've done it, and now i've done it every year since mm-hmm. so that year I picked isaiah twenty six verse three i 'm not looking at anything, but I can say it because I looked at it thousands of times that year. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you.
0: Well, that's where your book title comes from, right there.
1: Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on God. Go ahead. Right. If you're going to, and this is what I told myself, that that was the year that I uh, quit my job as a high school secretary and jumped into the world of freelance writing and trying to write my own books for a living. So that was very scary, and it was very um It was a tough sell to my extremely practical minded small business owner husband. (laughs) So, um, I, I made that into a screensaver on my computer. Hmm. So working from home, you know, you leave your desk often to whatever, put a load of laundry in the washer or take the dog out or whatever. And so when I come back, I'd see, Isaiah twenty six verse three, verse three staring at me, and I have to ask myself: Is your mind steadfast on trusting God right now? Is it, Sarah? Because if you really believe this verse, you are going to choose not to fret and be anxious about your where your next project's coming from. You're going to choose. The peace that's available in God because you're trusting Him to provide. So I really dug into that verse and applied it and, um, you know, wrestled with it, honestly, in that struggle. And it helped me. It helped me greatly. And you asked me for three examples. So that's one. Another one that I mention in the guilty thoughts chapter um, is Romans 8, verse 1. Um, there's no now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Hmm. And I had to, uh, I have had a long time struggle with false guilt because I'm an Enneagram one perfectionist. So we tend to beat ourselves up pretty, pretty bad. Hmm. And uh, so as I um, began getting into God's word every day, And learning what he was saying about me compared to what I was saying about myself in my own thought life, I realized that I was making myself feel guilty for things that weren't even sins, you know. Uh, And I had to literally repeat that verse out loud um, because once my children were old enough i remember <clears throat> i went to a, a bible study at church and i can tend to be an oversharer. sharer okay <laughs> um, maybe that's not i didn't share anything that was wrong or even inappropriate but just maybe something i should have been telling my best friend not a group of 12 people you know yeah totally so i get in the car and my three-year-old is strapped in the seat behind me and my baby, you know, and I realized that I was saying out loud, stupid, that's so stupid. And my little boy says, mom, stupid's a bad word. Mm. I was like, okay, that's a good parenting moment <laughs> I learned that stupid is bad, but why am I saying it to myself? I won't let my son say it to his little brother. Yeah but I'm okay with saying it to myself. That's not cool. Oh my gosh. I think
0: every mother out there can relate to, first of all, calling yourself stupid and also your parents, your kids repeating something (laughs) and teaching you something. But mainly every woman has told themselves that they are stupid.
1: Yeah. Or or fat or Or, lazy or dumb or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so we can fight back. I, I started because it had obviously passed from my brain to my lips. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe I need to be fighting back with my lips, not just with my prayers and my mind. And so I Good literally point. would say out loud as if I was talking to Satan, just like Jesus did in his temptation. Look, Satan, there is now no condemnation for me because I'm in Christ Jesus. And as soon as I say that,
0: mm-hmm
1: you know, he would leave me alone, at least for a little while. And then I'd have to say it again, <laughs> I'd have to say it again. Mm-hmm. But um, that verse really helped me uh, choose a different path of healing instead of um, punishing myself for things that weren't even wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, we
0: are our best critics, uh, in the worst sense of the word. Right. Um, and what would be a third one?
1: A third one, um, this is what I open the book with. Uh, I talk about financial problems. I open, this is when the recession started. My husband is a general contractor, so the building sector was hit really hard. And I was pregnant with our third child, and um, we had just gotten a bill that was more than what we could pay. Um, and I just didn't know what we were going to do, and I had just gone to Bible study fellowship that morning, and we were studying Matthew, um, the do not worry chapter. Matthew 6. Right, and I felt God, um, I remember I have what I call a bird porch. It's just a little porch off the back of our um, dining area, and I hang my bird feeders out there and watch the birds, and I could hear them tapping on the deck, the peck, 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 peck. And I thought, I don't want to go into debt to buy them bird seed, you know, that's, but that's where we're headed, you know, and, and get so tight that I can't even buy bird seed, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember that Jesus was saying, you know, he was talking about the sparrows and how, you know, you are worth more than many sparrows. look at the lilies of the field and how they do not toil but they're more beautiful than Solomon and all his robes of finery you know and he said you know seek me first I'm paraphrasing you know but if you seek me first all those other things are going to fall in line and so um again my son had been going with me he he was uh he was three and a half. And so I took him on my lap. I guess I felt like I needed someone else to pray with me, you know? Sweet. And I said, here's this bill, you know, I showed him. And here's this verse and we need to pray this verse out loud. And so I prayed, um, I think it's Matthew 633
0: mm-hmm.
1: and prayed it with him. And then I wrote it in a, on a little, um, like three by five card basically And I put that in my kitchen windowsill. And so when I was hand washing my dishes, I would look at that and I'd meditate on it. And I just have to say, you know, in fear and trembling, God, I'm trusting you. You you promised that I'm worth more to you than sparrows. So you've got to do something for us. And even though it was the beginning of the recession, we had a spec house sell. And then we were covered for a few more months, you know, Mm -hmm. so God did provide for us, but it was scary and it was a test of faith. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that by physically writing that out and putting that verse in a place I could see often daily, you know, being forced to come back to that truth and make it into a prayer. Um, that became my anchor of trust, Mm -hmm. um, and helped me not worry so much about what was going to happen. Uh, it reminded me
0: of Brother Lawrence where he said, you don't need to pray for trials. They come anyway. You don't pray for them. I always tell people, you know, don't be super spiritual and pray that something horrible will happen because they will anyway. Yet we learn most from God when we get scared. When something is hard, it's something that we can't handle, and that's where I do my best speaking. You do your best writing because that's where the rubber meets the road of Jesus saying, Hey, I'm here, and right. you need to pay, and this is the only way I seem to be getting your attention, at least in such a vibrant way. And as we wrap this up, uh, your legacy is obviously being uh, given to your children because you put them on. Your lap, when you're talking about it, or they correct you when you're talking to yourself in a bad way. Um, so overall, your legacy would be, what could you say it in one sentence? I mean, I could say it for you, but I'd like to hear you say it.
1: <laughs> the legacy I want to leave, not just to my family, but to anyone who follows me, is to show them that they can find peace for all of their life struggles in God's word. And I think we live in a time where the Bible has never been more accessible, and yet we are one of the most biblically illiterate societies. And I think that's a tragedy. And I want to help people through the stories I tell in my book, through the things I write about, to show them that when we practically apply God's word, it really can help us overcome our struggles because God's word is the doorway to our relationship with the one true God. And he's the one who will give us the strength and the power and the courage to overcome. So Uh,
0: you've mentioned a few um, challenges that you've had, but I know that you've talked a lot about marriage in the past and um, not that we want to Um, and on a hard note, but, uh, can you just briefly say, did that cause, there were some struggles in your marriage early on? Is that what you were, I have this impression that you've written about
1: that? Yeah, I am very open about the difficulties in my marriage. Um, my husband and I are both, um, children of divorce, Mm -hmm. So I've just been recently uh, rereading Tim Keller's Meaning of Marriage book, which is a wonderful. it is a great uh, book. But he talks about, <clears throat> excuse me, he says if two vacuum cleaners get married, they don't make a new thing. They just become a giant sucking vacuum, like a bigger vacuum. And that's what we were. That's what we were. we came in as two unhealed, broken, hurting children, really. Uh, even though we were 23 years old. That's um, child, that's child, that's two children. Yes, 23 yeah, is young. emotionally <laughs> speaking. Emotionally <laughs> speaking, we're definitely children. <laughs> and so, um, so we had a lot of strikes against us. Um, and then there have been other issues that have come out um, of that. But I think, you know, people have told me, I just hold you in awe. Like, how can you go through everything you've gone through? Um, Emotional abuse, addiction, um, just family drama to the max. How can you go through that and survive? And I just tell them, I I don't know how, unless you look at what God has done. You know, God in, in 2003, so my husband and I got married in 2000 and this was like Christmas of 2002. And I was feeling guilty, uh, because I had been a Christian my whole life and I had never read through the entire Bible. So uh-huh. I wanted to challenge myself. So I went to the bookstore and I asked them, you know, what? this is my you know goal. What Bible do you recommend? And The salesperson, she said, you know, if you, I would try this one year Bible format Um, it breaks it up into daily readings and it would just be probably convenient for you. And so the edition that I bought um, that year, and I started going through it in 2003, it had one verse bolded. Um, The editors had just picked one verse from those readings to put in bold, to kind of help you. Meditate, I guess. And so that's what I started doing. And as I started doing that, that's where the healing process began. I had a ton of emotional junk that I brought into our marriage that was not healed from my um, past as a child of divorce. Um, We had a ton of junk in our marriage already, you know, and I think what God did through that is he, he got the process started because he wanted me to know his truth. He didn't want me to believe the lies I was telling myself, the lies Satan was telling me, the lies that people in my life were telling me. He wanted to me, me to start with his truth and start replacing and repairing those um, areas in my heart and mind that needed reform. And uh, eventually I did uh, spend five years in therapy as well. Mm -hmm. And I talk about that openly. Mm -hmm. I uh, am genetically predisposed to mental illness from both sides of my family. And I am uh, quote unquote lucky that the only thing I have is depression. <laughs> so I don't mean to make light of that. I, I am thankful that that's the only thing I have had to deal with, but I have had some very serious um, seasons of suicidal depression. Um, so going through therapy helped me. I know it can help many other people. There's still a stigma against it, but I don't, I don't see any shame in it. The only thing I wish I had done was gotten it much sooner. Right. When I was a teenager, it would have helped. Mm -hmm. Um, It just helps you uh, cope. It gives you tools to use. And I think when you pair those tools that a professional counselor can give you with the tools of God's word, you truly can break these strongholds that Satan has set up in your life, probably since you were a child. I love uh, it. I love it that God uses uh,
0: the tools of men as well as right. his word. Because if you would say, well, I had this problem, but then I just memorized a scripture verse and then I was all right. No one would believe you. Right. And it actually wouldn't be necessarily true. Um So I appreciate you sharing so candidly. I know I've read uh, some of your stories. And so I thought, oh, I really want you to share that because it makes you real. Because people listening today struggle with mental illness, with depression, Mm -hmm. um, with financial problems or whatever. And God's word uh, promises to, uh, to heal us. But sometimes we need to go out and get someone to help us through that healing process. I remember a dear friend of mine, texted me at the end of church and said, would you meet me at Pete's? I just got my divorce papers and um, yeah, it makes me cry. So I walked over there and I had my Bible in my hand cause I'd been to church and I waited for her to come and I opened up to Romans eight. And when she went to get my coffee and she came back to my, to our table, I said, can I read you Romans eight? There is therefore now no condemnation. And it's what she's never forgotten. But we forget that so easily, don't we, Sarah? And so today, I just uh, I just wanna thank you for sharing with our audience. Is there one last word you'd like to say?
1: You know, I would just like to say that if you um, are struggling in your thought life, you are so not alone. It's just something that we don't talk about a lot but you can get help if you start engaging with God's word and he wants to, you know, there's a verse in revelation. I think when it's Jesus standing at the door of our hearts and he's knocking and he says, I want to come in Mm -hmm. and uh, you can get to know the God of the universe who loves you so much and created you for a very unique and special purpose through the pages of the bible. That's the primary way to get to know him.
0: Thank you. I think that was uh, Revelation 3:20. Could you uh, tell us tell us how we can find you?
1: Sure, the best place Social media. The best place to go is just to go to my website sarageringer.com and you'll see all of my books um, there on the front page and all of my social media links I post daily on all of the outlets so
0: thank you i've thoroughly enjoyed our time together thanks so much
1: too thanks Sue.
0: until next time think about your legacy the one god has called you to live all for heaven's sake i would love to speak at your next christian women's event see my keynotes and retreat series as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com thanks for coming you're always welcome here